remember what we're talking about here. We're talking about a reality of something that we believe in. Something that we believe, first of all, that God did that happened a little over 2,000 years ago. A death, a burial, a resurrection. Him sending his spirit to whosoever believed on him, they would be saved. Now that word saved is a, is a study in itself, but, but it, it literally means to be made whole. To be made complete. Most people take it just in the form of they go somewhere good when they die. But, but, but look up the word. It, it means to be made whole, to be delivered. It means, I mean, healing is in it. Blessing is in, the, is in the whole thing. It means made whole. That was the cry of all man, was to be made whole. Now, it was this way in the beginning. We're going to look at a parable of Jesus. And, and, and I want to look at this because what people deal with. Now, most people I come across, they, they believe in what we just said. They believe in Jesus. They believe, I'm talking about Christians, they, they believe most things that I would say about him. But where people stumble is where really in this same place that man, Adam, stumbled with in the beginning. And we want that not to be anywhere in our mind, anywhere in our garden here. If Jesus is the fullness of him that fills everything and everybody, then let's let it all be Jesus. Because he's that fullness. And that's where your fruit comes from, your peace, your joy, your love. But what, I, but what people ask me so often is, how do I get this to happen? How do I get this to manifest? How do I get God to move? How do I get this blessing to happen? How do I, how do I get this bad thing to, to be gone? In other words, they're asking, how do I make this thing that's in me, this Christ in me, this kingdom that's in me, this fullness that's in me, this healing that's in me, this everything that, 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 that you say is in me through Jesus... How do I get this to manifest? My, my short answer is, you do not. And, and I will look at that today, and, and it's something we see in the beginning. If you look back at, at, at the beginning of, of our creation, and God uh, created us and put us in the garden, um, He made us in His likeness and His image. Hmm? But watch this. You know, we always, uh, you know, I go back to this all the time, but we look at this, this, this temptation... That caused us to, to unplug from him who was, who was everything. He was our life and chose to go it on our own. Because, and, and it wasn't that we didn't want, it wasn't that we wanted to be separate from God. We just thought we could help. We thought we could make it manifest. Because the temptation was that if you get this knowledge of good and evil, you'll be like God. But he was, we were already made in his likeness and in his image. But for whatever reason, we weren't aware of it. And the deception was, you know, the, 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 you know Eve says, well, if we, if we go after the knowledge of good and evil, we'll die. And the deception said, you'll surely not, you, you surely will not die. She said, well, God said, if we do that, we'll die. If we go after that, we'll die. And he said, no, 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 you won't die. God knows See, God just told you that because God knows, remember the serpent? For God knows that if you get this knowledge of good and evil, you'll be like him. In other words, you see the, you see the, the subtle deception there? In other words, the deceiver is saying, God's holding out on you. 
God's not giving it to you yet. God told you not to eat it because God knows that if you eat this fruit, if you get this knowledge of good and evil, then you'll be like him knowing good and evil. And for whatever reason, Eve believed it. Now, you notice there's a point in the Bible, and I will read Mark 4, so don't just stay there. We'll get there. You notice there's, a, there's, 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 there's points in the Bible where it, there's parts in the Bible where it makes the point that, for instance, one place Paul said, For Adam was not deceived, but Eve was deceived, but Adam was disobedient. Now, follow me close here. We got some good stuff to look at. I wish I had a board to do some diagramming here, but just picture it. God made man, and he says, Be fruitful, multiply, have dominion over all the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, the beasts of the field, and everything that creeps on the earth. Right? Have dominion over all of that. All this creation that God made. So it's man, Adam, Eve, the helper of Adam, and then create. First, it's like this. God first, right? He's the source of life. Adam, the man who's there to dress and to tend the garden, keep the garden, have dominion. Eve to help him with that. And then there's the creation below them that they're to have dominion over. Notice how the deception worked. The creation <laughs> pulls the strings. A creature, serpent. That's why it used that, that, that picture there. It, was, it got all topsy-turvy. The, the creature <laughs> told how it goes. Told it to Eve, who got Adam <laughs> to do it. Now, follow me with this. There is a mystery that Paul talks about in uh, Ephesians 5. And he talks about this mystery concerning Christ and his church. And he likens it to what? A husband and wife. A marriage. He says a man and a woman will cleave to one another. He says, he said, this is a great mystery, but I'm speaking of Christ and his church. There are other references to um, the bride of Christ and Jesus being the bridegroom. There are references to the marriage festival, the marriage feast, the marriage party of the Lamb with him and his bride. Man and woman, he said, he said this is a great mystery. And this is the same mystery that, that was given when God gave, man, gave, gave Adam, Eve, and he says, therefore shall a man, that's where he first said it, therefore shall a man leave father and mother cleave unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. Paul repeats that in Ephesians 5 and repeats the same thing. And he says, this is a great mystery. But I'm speaking of Christ and his church. And he also says in other places, I know I'm saying a mouthful, but I'm trying to get to this. <laughs> he also said in another place, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Okay. Look at it this way, if you will. Look at this. There's a spiritual teaching and there's a mystery here. The, 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 the union of Christ and his bride, you and him. Where does Christ dwell? What's the mystery? Christ in you. Paul said the mystery that's been hid from the ages. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Right? And uh, um, uh, Frankie's going to sing a song right now. And, uh, oh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So it's Christ in you. He is the spirit 
within the new creation. Right. You have, you still have your own soul. You have your mind. You have your emotions. You have your will. In the fall of man, look at it this way. You know, the man is a, is, 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 is a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. The inner parts being the spirit and the soul. The invisible but inward parts of man. Look at Adam and Eve as the inward part of man, the deciding factors. Look at it as the spirit of man and the soul. Look at Eve as the, as the, as the mind, the intellect, the, the, the emotions, the will here. The, where all the thinking and the processing is done. Also, there is the heart of man. There is a spirit in man. It's where the inspiration of the Almighty gives man, gives to the soul understanding. It feeds the soul. We know that in the new creation, this renewing of the mind is this renewing of your soul, if you will. The saving, if you will, of the soul is this mind being renewed to what is in this new creation spirit inside you, Christ in you. And, 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 and growth happens when the bride, you, submits to that husband. Right. The soul submits to the spirit and they join together. They're in union together. They agree together. They are one. Right. And, and there's very much harmony inside you. That, that, that's when you get less and less confusion up here because you're in union with the, with the, with the spirit. And the Bible says the spirit knows all things, yea, the deep things of God. Right. We're talking about the new creation spirit because because there was Adam and there was Eve. But then Jesus comes along, did his work. He became the last Adam. He became the last Adam with this Eve here. Are y'all following me with this so far? The spirit and the soul, the Holy Spirit in you, Christ in you, God's spirit in you. He's the bride. He's the bridegroom. You're the you're the bride. And the two have been joined together in, in one. You have received him as your your husband. In fact, the Bible speaks of it that way very often. So what happens is, is it takes that which was topsy-turvy, whereas, whereas man was ruled by the creation instead of ruling the creation. Creation and that which was around dictated how man lived and how man thought and how man felt. Huh? That's why people get their identities when they don't have it right. They get their identities from that which is going on around them instead of that which is speaking within them. They'll get up and say, I am an alcoholic. I am a diabetic. I am a dirty dog trying to trying to please God. I am something less than what the word says you are. Huh? The Bible says you're a new creation. You're complete in him. Any thought that says you're not complete in him didn't come from the last Adam, Christ in you. It came from something else. And if Eve is ruling you, huh, this is where you will have problems with understanding God. Now look at look at my, and, and what happens is Eve, just like in the in, in Genesis there, Eve tried to make manifest or tried to produce godliness. Are you here? When all they had to do was let godliness be the way that God had made it, had planted it in the garden. Look at Mark 4, verse 26. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is... Now, I love when Jesus starts talking like this because he's telling us how it is with God, how it's going to be in this new creation. And it's always wonderful. So I says, well, how come in, I'm, in, I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm, how come not everything is wonderful? Well, listen to me. and It'll get more wonderful. <laughs> Here, 
really, let me say it this way. Listen to that heart of yours that knows everything. Listen to Him who is the fullness of you, and, uh, and He fills everything and everybody. Listen to Him who, who, who makes it all complete. And that's why we say within us is everything necessary. You know, when I, when I laid on that floor back in the, mid, uh, in the late 90s, uh, uh, when I was pastoring in Florida, and I just, and I, and I just said, God, I, I've tried everything. I don't have any more to give. I, I've tried everything to make this work. And it wasn't that I wasn't blessed. It wasn't that I wasn't living much better than I used to before I knew Jesus. I was. But I, you know that. But you know, I was always unsatisfied, always looking for that more. And I was thinking that it was more in, if I can just get more knowledge of this or more knowledge of something, or if I can just know something more, if I can just get this in my head, you already have it in your heart. Huh? Now, what, oh, I can't wait to get to the next verse, the next passage I want to look at. But first, let's look at this. He says, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He said, this is how it is in the kingdom. And he should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. And he doesn't know how. Because the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Look at it. Let's say it this way. Because what we're talking about is how it, how it was before the fall of man where it would have been automatic with God because he made him to be in his, in his likeness, in his image versus man trying to do it by the knowledge of good and evil, which is called manual. There's automatic, there's manual. The spirit is the automatic righteousness, Right? In the flesh, it's manual producing. Right? In the spirit, it's automatic fruit. In the spirit, it's love, joy, peace, gentleness. It's just there. When you don't know it's there, when you're not awake to it, when you're not aware of it, then you get up here and you try to produce the fruit. And in religion, it it can look really good at first. Because you can change things quick. I mean, you can make a plastic fruit. Immediately, it takes, it takes the other kind for it to just naturally happen. Hmm? And a lot of what we got turned off by religion in, some of us, even in myself, I know I was, one, I was like that, was that I was looking good, it looked really good until you got up close to it and then you tried to, tried to taste it and you realized it wasn't satisfying. <laughs> hmm? But see, when, you, when, you, when, the, when you're led by the Spirit, the Bible says in Galatians, you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, which says, I want to do this. I want to make it. I want to see it. So look at it this way. There's automatic and there's manual. How many are glad that you have automatic washing machines now? How many ever did it manually? Much harder, much slower. <laughs> okay, so the kingdom of God is as if a mother were to put clothes in a washing machine and she turns it on and she can go about the house and she can either work or she can take a nap. But while she's doing that, the thing is doing its work and how it's working. She doesn't have to know. She doesn't have to know how the valves work and shut off this and shut off that and turn on that and and open this. She doesn't have to know how the electronics, you know, tell this thing when to when to when to when to uh, fill, when to agitate, when to rinse and when to drain. And she just she just she doesn't have to know how it all works. She just has to know that it does. (laughs) Huh? It's just like this here. And so, and then when the cycles are finished, 
Then she thrust in the, her hands and she puts it in the basket to go to the, to the dryer. That's kind of what he's saying right here, is that you don't have to know all the hows. And, 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 and go with me to, to, to Romans chapter, um, chapter 10, because it deals with this. You see, this gospel is simple. Keep it Jesus. Keep it Jesus. He's the fullness. It's not, it's not us gaining fullness or trying to become fullness. He's the one. When we don't know this gospel, see, the, Paul said this gospel, this good news, that it was Jesus, 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 so that the righteous requirement would be filled in us. When, we're not, when, when we forget that or we're not aware of that or haven't been taught that, all that's left is us. We're still on our own to try to produce, to try to produce righteousness, to try to produce holiness, to try to produce love. Hmm? See, we, we, it's not enough for us to get up in church and say, the Bible says we've got to walk in love. That's the way. If you'll, if you'll just love and forgive people and, and, and be good to those who abuse you and do all those things... That, it, it, the Bible says that, but it says so much more. That's not enough because what, we'll do, what we're doing then is just giving you the law. And Paul says, I, I, I acknowledge that that's good. That's what I want to do, but I can't find the power to do it up here. There, you, you can't find the power to do it. Because Jesus said the life is in the spirit. The power of it's there. It all goes back to him. And that's why the, the farther I go in this, the longer I am in this, the more simpler, focused, laser, Jesus, 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 focused this thing is. And this is where the power of manifestation is in your life. This is where the, where the fruit is, just happens. See, after I laid on that floor and I said, God, I don't have any more to give. I've tried everything I know and I'm still not satisfied. And I, it was like I heard the Lord say, good, are you done now? Because I had... Let Eve run me for so long, thinking that I could be like God. Huh? I wasn't trying to be rebellious. I wasn't trying to be against God. I wasn't trying to be away from God. I wanted to be pleasing. I wanted to be like Him. I wanted to do all the stuff right. I kept telling myself that by this knowledge of good and evil, if I would just keep pressing hard for the good and press hard against the evil, that I would get there. And I ran out of juice. I ran out of gas. And I just said, God, I don't have any more. And he said, good, are you done? And I laid there on that floor. And I just began to know as I laid there, it was just like my eyes opened up, like heaven opened up. And I just realized for the first time in my life that everything I was looking for, I already had because it was all in him. And my difference was I just, I was just, I just wasn't aware that it was all him. I thought it was partially him and he was expecting me to do the rest. That was Eve's problem. Yeah, that's good. Hmm? And so what ha what's, what's happening now in your renewing of the mind is the spirit is leading. The spirit is causing, the last Adam, if you will, is causing Eve to change. Watch this. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Paul writing here says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. You know, Paul was a Jew and he was a Pharisee and, and, and now he, he met Jesus and everything's changed and the Jews hate him, but he still loves them. 
And he says, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And he's talking about the knowledge of God. They don't, they don't know him. Now, you're going to have some kind of knowledge. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And you also have your mind, so it's a matter of that submission. But, but the, chapter 2 of Romans says this, says that by the law, which is what this thing can get, this thing understands law. In fact, law and rules are for those who are not led by the Spirit. This thing understands law. Give me a law. People beg me for it. Give me a law. Give me a rule. Give me three steps, Brother Rick. Give me three steps. Give me three steps toward the Lord. But because the Bible says in Romans 2, he says, for with the law comes the knowledge of sin, not the knowledge of God. So what they got, thinking they were going to get the knowledge of God, thinking they could know themselves smarten themselves, gain knowledge to know God, what it did instead was gave them a knowledge of sin, what was wrong. And so man has been dealing with what's been wrong. That's why all everybody talks about out in the world, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. These guys hate, hate, hate Trump and these other guys hate all you guys because you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And they say, well, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> And this whole world ain't going to get better till you fix your wrong. And they say, no, you've got to fix your wrong. Because that's what the knowledge of, of, of good and evil sees. It, that, that's what we first saw when we got that. The first thing we saw was not God. We saw us, and we saw us incomplete, and we saw us needing to be made better and covered, and we tried. And we covered ourselves with fig leaves, and we still felt naked, and we hid among the trees, and we still were ashamed. And we still were afraid because with that knowledge of good and evil, it put it all upon us. And now we have to be our own protection. And this is why we're scared. This is why we're scared because we're not aware of the one that's always with us. Hmm? And sometimes, sometimes it does, it is scary situations. We've all been through them. But we've been through them with him. Hmm? And how many of you were ever really, really scared of a situation, and when you came out on the other side, you're like, man, I should have known better than that. You know what? It, I was not in that much danger at all. Hmm? I heard somebody preach a sermon one time about how Miriam in the Old Testament, Moses' sister, how she sang the, the right song but on the wrong side because she would always sing about victory after seeing manifestation. Before the Red Sea parts, they're all going to die. After the Red Sea uh, opens up and they walk out on the other side, now they're singing praises. They would do this for 40 years. They would get scared. They would get upset. They would be, they would be, they'd, they'd be afraid. And, they, and, and God would bring them through. And then when they come on the other side, they'd give praises to God. For about three days and then they'd start all over again. Huh? Because for 40 years they saw how good he was. They saw his works but they never knew his ways. They never knew him. And remember what did he say? He said I took care of everything. I fed you with manna. I did all, did all these works to show you something. So you would know. 
that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's not about all these things. Life is in the spirit. Huh? But when you're all about the knowledge of good and evil, life is all about this out here. It's about these things going right and making this go right. This is why people get controlling. They're afraid. They're trying to make everything go their way because they think that's going to make them happy. Huh? And the beat just goes on for generations. Trying to work manifestations out here. He says the kingdom is within you. Jesus, when are you going to bring your manifestation? When are you going to establish all this kingdom? When's it all going to be better? He says, it's better inside you. The kingdom's within you. The kingdom's within you. So he says, I bear them witness. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They don't know him. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. God's righteousness. Righteousness means innocence. Equity. Actually means holiness. Being made right. God's righteousness. Let me say innocence. Being ignorant of God's innocence. They're seeking to establish their own innocence. And they've not submitted to the innocence of God. What's this? They've not submitted. They've not submitted. Eve. They've not submitted to that righteousness. They're still trying to run the house. They're still. You understand what I'm saying? They're still trying to establish it themselves. They're still trying to build their life from here instead of from here. Oh, come on. I'm just telling you something that's been so real to me. When I, when I, when I, when I, when I, when I laid on that floor, that's when the real submission began. And I began to trust this, even though this thought it knew so much. I began to trust greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Because this thing knows all about this. But this this one knows all about heaven. Hmm? This one will tell you how to have the kingdom of heaven on earth. This one loves you. This one gave his life for you. This one just wanted to be with you, and now he is. And now he's, the Bible says, so what's he doing with his bride? He's nourishing her. He's cherishing her. He's washing her with the water of his words. Huh? It's a good way for natural husbands to do with their wives. Huh? Give his life for her. Nurture her. Cherish her. Wash her with the water of his words. You know what a husband does that, that, that doesn't know these things? He doesn't trust in the, in the seed going into the ground and trust that thing to bloom. He's like, he's like he wants to pull that flower open. Come on, woman. <laughs> Be this way. Had a, my pastor told me many years ago, said, Rick, you can't make grass grow by pulling on it. Hmm? The magic is already in it. Are y'all hearing anything? Because since they're ignorant that of God's righteousness, they seek to establish their own, and they haven't submitted to the righteousness of God. When I laid on that floor, I began to submit to his righteousness. I began to trust it. Submission takes trust, doesn't it? This is why in the natural it's hard. Huh? Because, you know, people look at that in the Bible. Husbands, submit to your wife, submit to your husbands, and it's like... I'd love to, but he makes so many mistakes. <laughs> it's hard, I understand. But we're talking about 
submitting to one who doesn't make mistakes. They've not submitted to the righteousness of God because, verse 4, because Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Because Moses writes about the righteousness which, comes from, which is of the law, the man who does those things shall live by them. This is why people struggle. Christians don't, don't have to struggle. Believers don't have to struggle with this. There's not, another, there's not another, an, another Jesus you need. He's the one who's with you. He's in you. He is the one to come. And we don't look for somebody else. This is him. And he's with you. And somebody says, well, no, it, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be easier when I, when I die and go to heaven and I can see him on his chair and I can just worship at his feet. Well, that's not as close as him being one with you in, in, in your heart. Huh? This one can talk with you 24-7. This one's always there. This one never leaves. This, one's, this one is intimate and close with you all the time if you're aware. Are, 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 are you here? So it's the awareness of, of him, not the awareness of, of good and evil, not the awareness of sin, consciousness, and flesh. It's the awareness of righteousness, consciousness in him. Hmm? This is where the natural fruit happens. It just happens. The love just happens. I don't have a message on, on, on commanding people to walk in love. You can't do it. But if you acknowledge him, it happens. Oh. Huh? I wish I could tell people how to have peace in situations. I give them some ideas, but the truth is, if you'll just acknowledge Him, it happens. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is on Him, submitted to His righteousness. Verse 6, but the righteousness, which is of faith, it speaks this way. Watch this. Don't say in your heart, who's going to ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from the death, from above. Who's going to go higher? I'll be in meetings and come where they talk about, I say, there's got to be a people that, that rise up and get into these, the ether sphere of, of, the, of, of things of God. And I'm like, the righteousness of faith doesn't talk like that. It's near you. We've got to get up there into the, the heights. And, oh, and it's like, wait a minute. Come on, B-I-B-L-E, read our Bible. He died with us, made us alive with him, raised us up with him, and made us sit with him in that ether sphere that you're trying to get to. <laughs> huh? So why is somebody trying to get up into the high stratospheres of God when Jesus did what you couldn't do? And, you, and why would you still keep trying to do it? I don't ever do it anymore. I don't ever talk about trying to come up higher and all that stuff. We came higher. When you can acknowledge his righteousness, when the, when the mind submits to that truth, bows its knee and says, Lord, whatever you say is who we are. That's submission. Are y'all hearing me? Hmm? And it doesn't say who's going to go down into the deep. We got to get deeper. We need some, we, God wants some deep Christians. We got to get in here and go deep. You know what, you know what people do that think like this? that think they're always trying to get up higher or go deeper in God, they start misusing this. They start, they start, start parsing it up and start getting weird doctrines out of it. Huh? And they go deeper and deeper. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. I got people, I know people, they can take a four-letter word and divide it into five syllables and each one has a different meaning. It's ridiculous. 
Why are they doing that? Because they're not, they're, they're ignorant of the righteousness they already have, of the standing of the heavenly place they're already in. Huh? Why are they ignorant of it? And they'll tell me, we'll sit and talk about it, and they'll say, I know that, Brother Rick, but in reality, huh? see, we still look, all this still has to change, so God's still waiting for us to do this. Uh, when you say, I know that's true, but, what you're saying is, I know that's true, Adam, but Eve says we got to do this. The righteousness of faith doesn't talk like that. The righteousness of faith says, it's, I got it. The righteousness of faith doesn't say who's going to go higher, who's going to go deeper. That is to bring up Christ from the dead. That's another doctrine I heard one time. It's, it's, well, it sounded right when I first heard it. They said, well, see... Jesus was buried in the earth and then he rose from the dead. So now, so now he's buried in this earth and now we got to bring him up from the dead. And I'm like, it doesn't, it says, don't, it says that righteousness of faith doesn't talk like that. He's alive, big, right here. We're not trying to bring him out, bring him up. He's here. He says, instead of you trying to bring him up, Paul says, reckon yourself to be alive like he is. But what does it say then? Verse 8. The word's near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. It's a word that's in here. What's it speaking? It's always speaking life. It's always speaking fullness. It's not speaking halfway. It's not saying you're halfway there. It's not saying you're going to get there someday. It's saying welcome home. And when you hear that, when you hear the last Adam speaking in you, what does your mouth say? It says, I'm home. It says there's no place like home. There's no place like home. <laughs> but when you don't know that, you're trying to get home. When you don't know that, you're trying to get a brain and trying to get a heart and trying to get courage when you don't know what you already have. Oz never did give nothing to the tin man that he didn't, didn't already have. That's a song from a long time ago. He says, it's in your mouth, it's in your heart. Do you see that? And there again, it's not your mind... Trying to convince your, your, your heart, your spirit. It's listening to the truth. See, even right now, when you hear hear word like this, what happens is, is now, right now you're, you're in tune. You can hear this stuff. You're hearing life. You're hearing fullness. You're hearing completion. You're hearing, man, it is all God. It is. It's, it, all, all I got to do is just nothing except just enjoy this God Christ in me and Him being my fullness and just walk in the goodness and the, and the joy of this thing and just watch it happen. Someone told me the other day that, 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 that he was in a meeting and a guy had a, had a, had a cup of, of, of soil, good, 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 moist soil. And he says, he took, takes a seed and he says, I'm going to show you all something. He said, you'll never believe this, but I want you to watch this. You're about to see, you're about to see the most, amer- most amazing thing you've ever seen. He said, now watch. Watch what happens. And he sticks that seed in the ground and he goes, did you see it? And of course, they didn't see anything happen. He says, but it did. Because science says it takes about eight seconds for something to start happening to that seed <laughs> once it gets placed in there. Huh? How do we make it happen? It's in there. Let it happen. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. 
See, it, it goes beyond now. The Bible says that in, in Ephesians 3, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. You can never think it up. The Bible says that he gives you a peace huh, beyond understanding. It passes understanding. So the knowledge of going with it and trying to make it happen, you can't do. Hmm? But people struggle. And because and, and people struggle, they think God's holding it out on them. So they say, God, give me peace. And I appreciate that sentiment, but the truth will make you free. What I do when I need peace is I thrust in the sickle. I just receive it. It's there. Hmm? I just, the only reason I don't have peace is because I get up in here. means I'm looking out there. <laughs> and every single time, all I got to do is stop and climb my ear. What does the Spirit say about this? And it'll never, ever lie. It might sound like a lie to this mind that said, no, I don't think anything good's going to happen. But it is the truth. That might be the lie. The word's near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be made whole, complete. For with the heart you believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 11, because the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Would you all stand up?